Good luck on them 20 somethings. Good luck on them 20 somethings. God bless these 20 somethings. Hey y'all, welcome back to them 20s. I am your host, V. Alexa Chanel. In this episode, I am speaking with my friend Marquise Mays, an award-winning filmmaker and media scholar. This conversation, we go there. This episode is a little bit longer than my other episodes because that's how good this conversation was. We talk about faith, we talk about being artists, what it meant to live in LA, what it means to come home and come home to yourself, go back home to your parents, what we learn from our elders, what we learn from our city, what we learn from the places that we do call home and how we capture those moments. I promise you are gonna take away something special from this episode. Marquise's film, the Heartland is available starting April 14th to watch and stream on his Vimeo, Life is a Maze, for free. So if you enjoyed this conversation and you want to see more of his work, make sure you go ahead and check out his Vimeo, Life is a Maze. And if you love me and you want to continue to support this podcast, please share with your friends. Let them know that Dim 20s is the podcast for us, made for us 20-somethings, trying to figure out how to navigate this wonderful transformative decade and it all starts with a conversation so make sure you follow me on twitter and instagram at the alexis chanel and enjoy this episode peace let's get into it i've been good i've been good i've just been um kind of going with the flow nowadays i think 2021 has definitely like made me just take one day at a time now which is really cool. So I'm back um, back in Milwaukee and I've been back literally almost a year now, it's crazy. Um, and I've just been really enjoying relearning my city, relearning the people that I left here, right? Um, so it's, it's been really cool. I've just been chilling for the most part. People ask me that all the time. I'm just like, I literally be in the house, y'all. Y'all don't understand. <laughs> I'll be in the house. But nonetheless, like I really have been taking this time to just relax and um, not, uh, overexert myself and stuff so it's been it's been really cool it's been a chill time that's really cool that's great and it it, it seems like like what you're saying that it's like your reality also mirrors your art practice your film practice you know and that like yeah. you're relaxing in at home meditating and reflecting on what it meant to leave what it means to yeah. come back you know, just that motif in and of itself. And then also yeah. compounded with the city that you're in, the time right now, you know, yeah. being in the Midwest, you know what I'm saying? Being black, being yeah. young, being male, like what that all means, it's just like really beautiful. Yeah, it's a lot of identity formation now. Like, and and I would say it's not like forming an identity or creating an identity, it's like, reforging an identity I already had and being comfortable in it like all the doubts and fears and anxiety that I had in LA um about who I was about the art that I was making about the practice that I was you that I used all makes sense when I make when I came back here like everything that I was afraid of or nervous about in LA about who I was as an artist as soon as I came back to the city it made perfect sense it was just like, oh, this is exactly who I am as an artist. This is my method. This is my practice. This is what I want to do and who I'm doing it for. Um, and I think so often when we do leave our homes, we are so interested in what is outside of where we were 
which I think is a, it's an important journey for people. Like you gotta leave where you are to see what else is out there. Um, but in the midst of that, you kind of have, you kind of get jaded about who you are, especially in a place like LA where everybody is performing uh, literally and uh, yeah, literally performing, right? And people don't like to hear it, but people perform wherever they go. So it was really cool, like coming back to the city and being like, oh, my homies are literally the same as when I left them six years ago. Um, I have to relearn my parents, their, their, their kind of, uh, their personalities, their egos and all those things. I have to relearn my grandmother. I have to relearn my little cousins, right? And it's really cool because I'm just like, oh, these are my people. I, everything that I was afraid of there makes sense now. Um, and yeah, that's kind of like that weird moment of coming back home that I'm grateful for. Everybody doesn't have that opportunity. Um, and home can be triggering to a lot of people as well. So I would say in my experience, I'm grateful that home is like a refuge for that identity. Yeah. <laughs> can I just let, can we just let that sink in? <laughs> because I know what my next question is, but I just like, I want to just take the time to tell you that like, I did not know that I was going to get that from you. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, but it makes so because I, t I experienced LA as well. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. when you talk about home, and I just think of home as being like, because the home is like a hero's journey. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have to leave and you come back and that can be yeah. like to yourself. You know what I'm saying? Come home and coming home to yourself. And that can be through, and that is mostly through relationships. Like as you said, relationship with your parents, relationship with yeah. your friends, relationship with your grandparents, your elders. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Um, and I want to kind of dive into the LA experience because yeah. I think it's something that we just, no one talks about. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I'm so grateful that we can, can dive into this. Yeah. And that like COVID happened that we were able to like go back home and like yeah. really have time to like process what we experienced, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, I had, I think COVID really did a number on me in the beginning because it made me feel like the time that I spent in LA was not a real time like it didn't feel real and it was when i was home where i had to reconfirm for myself no i lived that life like i was there for two years i had an identity there i had friends there and i think covid took so many things away from people whether that were like actual people that we knew loved ones that we lost but it kind of robbed us of like um who we were in the places that we were, right? And I, I really felt like, especially how abrupt I had to leave LA, like, I just felt like, oh, this just felt like a summer camp experience where like, I was here and then I'm going home after a summer camp. But I, it was when I had to sit down here by myself and graduate in my living room where I was just like, wait, I lived that life. Like I was, I was an LA resident for two years. That was a part of my life that I need to acknowledge. And not just write off because time is moving so fast or because this this experience happened. And a lot of the time I I, I kinda LA always felt like a dream, like a fever dream. Like it felt like I wasn't there. <laughs> it was just so much happening, whether it was the pace of the industry, the pace of the film school, 
or me kicking it with friends and experiencing things I haven't experienced, it always felt like a dream to where when COVID happened and I moved back, I had to recognize I was a different person um, than I left. Like when I left Milwaukee um, and from when I came back, I was a totally different person with a whole new set of experiences that I had to take the time to acknowledge. Like, yeah, I went to the beach and I was beautiful. And I remember what it felt like to be on that beach. I you know, my friends had a drop top course that I rode around in. Like that was an experience that is not too um, familiar with the ones I had in Milwaukee. So it's crazy. I, I always sit back and realize like I lived there. Like it wasn't just a vacation. It wasn't like a summer camp experience. Like I lived there um, and all of its <laughs> lateness, I was a resident and I have to always kind of bring that with me because it's so easy to think that you don't belong somewhere um especially coming from a small city like you can always go somewhere and be like well I don't belong here I'm just here for a moment but no like I was I was living there I was a resident and it always and I think I really realized that when I did my taxes because <laughs> I to sure do I to sure claim uh LA too but it was crazy um LA is so it, it's funny like a lot of times again like I, I do think I do kind of think it was a fever dream or just like something like one moment I was in Milwaukee, right. the next moment I was in LA, and now I'm back here. So it's crazy uh -huh. how that all happens. What does what did living in LA mean to you, though? Because you know you keep saying yeah. like, I live there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like what yeah. did that what did that experience mean to you? Pre, I want to know before you went there. Yeah, the actual thing. Like once you actually yeah. get there, can you talk about that? Yeah, of course. Like when I moved to LA, like. I, my family, we always did road trips, but we never really road tripped to the coasts. We always went to the South. That was it. So um, when I was applying for graduate schools, USC and LA was like ninth out of the 11 schools that I was applying to. I was not thinking about USC. I wasn't thinking about LA. I was thinking about going into a suburb of Illinois and getting my PhD and minding my business, right? And I think <laughs> it was I was very much that type of that type of academic where I'm just like I just need to be in the middle of nowhere studying but it was when USC offered me something that I couldn't deny and I'm just like oh I get to make stuff and I get to study stuff and I get to teach stuff all at the same time whereas other programs were only giving me one or the other and um the first time I went to LA was for my campus visit so my first time in LA was a campus visit I had never been before and you know, USC has this, <laughs> has this uh, vibe yeah. to it, you know. Yeah, and I knew, I knew I should have known what I was getting into when the first thing that we did at like our orientation welcome day was hold an Oscar. Then I'm like, oh, this is super casual. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, this is casual. I'm holding an Oscar. It's pretty heavy. That's crazy. <laughs> um, but I think that solidified my decision. And then when I moved to LA, I think you know, the second time I came to LA was when I was moving here, and that was my parents' first time here, and I think the the sheer excitement about what could happen had us all really just like, all right, like, me and my family are really faith-based as well, so we are the type to follow God and follow the universe, like, yo, obviously there's a reason why I'm here that you know that I was brought out here so what is it we're not the ones to kind of predict things although we love to kind of speak things to it in existence we always are kind of just like all right let me just figure out what 
he wants me to know in this moment as opposed to kind of predicting what he wants me to learn so it was it was I was anxious I was super anxious because I didn't I I didn't know that many people when I first moved here and again like I was I was worried about the performance part I thought I had to perform I thought I had to you know um I was immediately trying to be a different person um not in a way where it's just like I'm, I'm ridding myself of my old self but I was just like okay obviously you know that first orientation of film school I'm sitting in a room and with all these people who are mind you I'm also pretty young I started I started grad school at like 22 23 so like I was I was a kid pretty much and I'm like oh my gosh I'm sitting next to people who know all these big stars and who worked with these people who are agents who worked in the industry before and I'm just like I'm just a black kid from Milwaukee and I immediately started using a charisma and a language just to big up myself like hey you know I I know what I'm talking about and it was a lot of performing and I, I'm so glad I can admit that because at that time like I was trying so hard to make a case for myself that I belong there as opposed to just being like no nigga you deserve to be here just like anybody else and I was a research kid too I wasn't I wasn't in the production program I wasn't in the screenwriting program I was a research kid in film so there wasn't already many of us like that either so it was a lot of learning I had to do a lot of self-reflection and I, I do think when I was there though like through the years that I was there um gradually I just came into my own I really trusted myself I trusted my voice I trusted my history right um mm -hmm. that led me to this point and I think that's something that it's a lot of self-reflection when you go when you go somewhere where you gotta be where you gotta look at your past selves and be like all right my past selves made those decisions for this current moment and I had to trust those decisions um no matter how messy my past self and my history was right so it, it, it was a journey that <laughs> all that to say it was a journey i love all the things that you just brought up because you brought up a lot of different things you brought up the faith the tradition of yeah. faith that your family has the history yeah. you know what i'm saying that you have to uh, accept about yourself you know what i'm saying yeah. and like yeah. you did these things and you had these experiences and also you brought up age right. you know being extremely yeah. young and the show is in 20 you know yeah can you talk about now that you're some years removed from that experience and also like in the age you know like from being 22 to 25 or you're 24 24 24 24, mm. 24 like how does how does marquise look at marquise then how does marquise now look at marquise now? yeah it's funny because i'm still a kid like in mind like i'm still i feel like i'm still such a kid i'm still learning so much but it's funny because honestly i really do mess with the past versions of myself, like 22 year old Keith was so fearless, right? Um, he held a lot of, he held a lot of anxiety and he held a lot of like insecurities, but those never overshadowed his energy. Like it never, it never took over his ability to have an impact on people. Um, and I really messed with that about him. He was super cool. Like he was, you know, he was very much, and that's the thing too. Like, I think a lot of the times we always kind of get on ourselves, like, huh, you know, like I wish, you know, I think we have to always look back at ourselves and realize that we always were who we were, no matter if we were performing or, or trying to be like somebody else, like we were trying to find identities. And I really am thankful that 22 year old Keith 
although he was performing that he was still very much true to himself like to his language he never switched up how he talked he never switched up how he you know what what he would talk about or who he was talking to it was more so he tried to switch up his style or mm -hmm. tried to figure out where you know he fits in but one thing I can say is that people from the midwest and specifically Milwaukee are all chameleons so we kind of got to go a place and we can fit right into that community based on the fact that Milwaukee is just deep with different people right, right. um the most segregated city in the nation so we can fit into a lot of different communities but yeah I still feel like a child and I think coming home for COVID made me realize that where I was just like oh I really don't know nothing like I really don't like and I'm okay with knowing nothing like what is the fun of knowing everything um especially because like I think as an artist I I have to know nothing and that like that is my practice to try to figure out and answer questions that I'm having um and I can't do that if I'm a know-it-all right um and the people don't deserve that like the community don't deserve that um I like for my artists to the artists that I follow I like for them to have questions I like for them to um, reflect on the ugliness of themselves I like for them to reflect on the unfavorable parts of themselves as well like I don't want it to be polished um, and I don't want stories that come to me polished um, I don't want them to feel you know I want them to be as complex as the people that I'm following right and I think right. that that's kind of what I'm learning in my 20s where I'm just like especially social media makes it out to be, especially now our generation in our 20s that we have to show people like our PowerPoint reel of how great our lives are. But I, I honestly will want to challenge people to be like, what does it look like to just honestly be open and vulnerable about what you're going through? Now I say that now and I'm very particular about what I post. <laughs> so, right, everything is very curated, but no, right, I think because right. that if it speaks to you, right? Yeah. As an artist. And I and I want to get into institutions and I want just yeah. briefly, because I wonder, I'm curious, like this your the way that you are articulating, you know, your experience and like what you just said. Did you come to this realization through the institution or actually experience the institution and then stepping back and reflecting on that? And, yeah. you know, I, I'm yeah. curious about that because what you're saying, it really is speaking to me as a person who went to art school and yeah. who yeah. also lived in it, like had these dreams, you know what I'm saying? Had that yeah. experience, yeah. left, you know, when came back to my home because I didn't consider Miami my home. It's not my birthplace, right. but it's not where I was raised, but yeah. it's my home. And like reflecting, because even when you talked about 22 year old, I'm like looking at 22 Alexis. I'm like, oh yeah, she was fearless. She was like, yeah, yeah. No, we're about to go to like we're about to go to LA. Right. We're about right. to take the love for our life. We're about to just, about to just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just see what the freak happens. You know what I'm saying? And then like yeah. this, then this thing happens. You know what I'm saying? So I, I'm just curious, like, in what way did you institution, yeah, play a role? Play a role in this, um, I guess you could say like the artist statement almost. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've always had interesting relationships with institutions because I've always known, I've, I've never had a moment where I removed, you know, a school from its um, like traumatic treatment of black students. Like I, I always knew that early on especially as i started college i went to you know university of wisconsin and i have stories for days about the treatment of black students at an institution and what 
my enrollment meant there. So I always knew that like these institutions are just playing a role, right? They're just, they're playing a role in. I honestly, honestly, I would say I'm grateful for what the institutions have provided me as far as an education and as far as, um, as far as the opportunity to network and, 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 and honestly bigging up my resume, I'm grateful for that. But these institutions really don't inspire my art at all, um, to be quite honest. And like they don't because they're not, and I, uh, mind you, I do, I'm grateful for the education that I received at USC specifically through my program, but um, the people that challenge me are the most are my niggas. Like, honestly, like I, I look at my relationship to my family, I look at my relationship to my friends, and I always have questions about identity and what that means and, and who we are and what they're going through and what I'm going through. And of course, I do think that the work that I have done, whether it was my research work or like my film work, has had, I, I've used institutions as a vessel strictly for resources. Like, yes, give me that camera. Yes, give me access to that library. Yes, give me access to all these things that my niggas don't have access to. Um, you know, when I was applying for graduate school, I wrote like a 25 page paper, right? Um, I took like a grad school class when I was an undergrad. Shouldn't have never did that, but I'm grateful for it because it challenged me. But I had access to all these resources and, you know, I was super excited that, about the fact that I wrote a 25 page paper about Black TV. And then my mom read it and she couldn't understand what I was saying. And it's not because my mom is inadequate of reading. It is because the language and the jargon and, the, and all this stuff that the institution had instilled in me was not transferable to my people or to my niggers. So I had to figure out a way. So I was like, okay, well, let me take my paper and let's just watch something. And let me, let me talk in the language that you're familiar with. Let me talk in the charisma that you're familiar with. And like, let's have that conversation to where she understood everything better than having to read that 25 page paper. And also visually, like that, that kind of inspired me. So the thing is, I, I definitely think I use these institutions for their resources. I'm the king of finesse. And then on top of that, I'm not paying you for that either. Like my undergrad was, I went to undergrad with a full ride um, at USC. My tuition balance was always at zero because like I had a fellowship and, and I, I worked my ass off and like one thing I'm not going to pay you for resources that um you owe me um that that I deserve like you know USC is plopped right in the middle of the hood and to think about displacement I think about displacement a lot of of, of, of people of neighborhoods especially because like Milwaukee is a city that literally was displayed, like the black community was displaced by highways, right? So like, I think about the fact that people are displaced period. And I'm like, there's no way in hell that me as a black student can go to these institutions and not think about ways that I can take whatever the hell they taught me and bring it back to my city. You know, now I'm, I'm super excited because I'll be teaching um, ninth graders in the fall. I'll be doing like a documentary class, best believe, I'm using them syllabi from USC and making it my own. Like you gave me those resources, I'm imparting those resources again back into the same kids that look like me, that know what I'm going through, that, that, that are going through what I went through, right? And I think that's what I'm using institutions for. Um, I, you know, and I, I did have dreams, like I said, in the beginning, I had dreams of being an academic 
in the middle of nowhere writing books about film. Like that was my, I really, I kind of still want to do that. I, I, I am I yeah, much in as, later I, years. In my later years, oh, right? Yeah, I, life is long. We have so much time. I will have so my cabin. <laughs> I yes. will have my cabin in the middle of nowhere, right? But, but still, like I, I definitely used those institutions uh, as as a means to be like, yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all are just to be honest, y'all are a name, and I'm right. grateful for that name because that name does mean access to other things. I'm exactly. grateful for that, and I'm grateful for everything that they have given me during that time. But to be honest at USC as a student that wasn't a production student as someone who is in research I had to hustle my way to understand what my worth was I could not depend on that institution to tell me who I was or what my worth was and a lot of the times people connect their worth to the institutions that they attend as opposed to being like who am I and why does this institution deserve me as opposed to why I need to be here right so uh, from jump because I, I went through that at UW-Madison I was not going to go through that again in grad school like I knew that USC was a name and I was like, well, how do I leverage this to discover who I am as opposed to me feeling that my identity is tied to this school? No, I can't do that. And I, I, I never, I never did that now that I think about it. So I'm grateful right. for that. That's great. And that ties back into your work as far as your exploration into identity. And yeah. now that we're like on the topic, we can get into your practice a little bit more. Um, yeah. Can you talk about the ways in which COVID really inspired you to create, create the films yeah. that you wanted to create and like really define your voice? Yeah. COVID, COVID was and is still scary as hell. I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss. Sorry, I'll I be- No, it's fine. Okay. Okay, cool. COVID is like it was and it is scary as shit like to be quite honest and I think um prior to COVID you know like I was really interested in just having conversations with people and like I would talk to my grandmother who was blind and we would just talk about her life and stuff like that and my my grandmother was experiencing a little bit of memory loss before COVID so I'm like oh shit I need to record her so that if she ever does forget to Something about her life she could listen to this thing and remind herself and think about the practice of like you listening to yourself tell your story what that means right um and I, I didn't know that that kind of foreshadowed what COVID would have become because when COVID hit especially in Milwaukee it was like really affecting our black elders um people were losing their grandparents left to right and I do think that like these, oh my gosh, it's crazy because I was so grateful because I'm just like, wait, you know, I was going to release my film Blind Spot in the summer anyways, but when it came around the time to release it, I'm just like, whoa, people are really losing their grandparents, like, and if my film can inspire them to figure out a way to archive everything mm -hmm. about them as much as possible, let's do it. We have photo albums, but what does it look like to do like a summer project where you digitize all of those pictures? What does it look like to have all these audio recordings? What does it look like to make a film? What does it look like to do a podcast, right? So like that was the goal of, of Blind Spot at the time. And like that, and it led to like, all right, we gotta start archiving this shit. <laughs> we gotta start recording. We gotta start keeping this stuff to us. Like, and I think for so long, like, um, we haven't had like we haven't had full control of our stories and our elders um our elders want to talk and they want to talk to us specifically right. and i yeah. think so much so many times we get so caught up in like 
what we're doing and how we're doing it. We're so busy that like uh, simply just calling them and asking them like, oh yeah, what about this? How was your life then? Can bring they literally have the syllabus for us, and we 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 choose not we choose not to talk to them based on us being so siloed focused on what we're doing. Mm-hmm. That when I was talking to my grandmother, I'm like, I did not know, you know, out of 24 years of living, I did not know that my grandma lost her sight when she had a toddler, and my mom was the oldest and was pretty much a teenager at the time. I didn't know that she lost her sight then, right? I always knew she lost it, but I'm like yo, how did you make that happen? You had three kids, a toddler even, and you couldn't, and she's just like, I had no choice. And I'm like, wow, you know, like circumstances that are brought to you, things that you have to face, no excuses need to be made. You just need to do what you need to do because it's not about you anymore. It's about the kids that you have. And I'm just like, girl, that's crazy. (laughs) You know, and it only deepened the relationship we had, but that kind of moved into the rest of my art practice of like, all right, let's start archiving uh, these moments, these histories, um, so that like, for example, I think the important part for me is like, what does it look like to archive the histories of how I grew up in Milwaukee? Because I do want, for so long, I have just not known the history, the black history of this city um, for reasons obviously that we can put on to white supremacy and 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 imperialism and the structure of school systems right they don't want us to know about ourselves um so we're now at 24 i'm taking advantage of like learning that for example milwaukee this is going to be the 50th year that milwaukee has done a juneteenth celebration which is the second biggest celebration next to galveston texas where it originated wow like that means something you know (laughs) that mean that is such that's such an ancestral tradition um, tradition and and i always wondered why black people here feel so ancestral and it's because like it's just crazy where i'm just like you know if i would have known that at 12 that identity formation as a black kid from milwaukee i wouldn't have when i did leave i would have felt you know i'm proud of my city but again again i i had i had to go through that performing performing act in la because i didn't know myself i didn't know what my city made me to be Right, mm-hmm. I would have been going into LA with with a type of power and a type of energy that really wouldn't that that insecurity that imposter syndrome wouldn't have had, wouldn't have existed because I I know what is possible from people from my city, right? So I'm just like, yo, no, mm-hmm. it's time that we start recording this stuff. So by the time that like, for example, a lot of my little cousins are in the film, right? And my goal is like, I want to make sure that all of my little cousins are in films because by the time that they're 18 or 20 years old. They can go. They can go back and look at that stuff and be like, "Oh, I was a kid during this thing, and it's so much about empowerment, and it's so much about pride, and I was a part of something that meant pride, that meant to be proud of who you were, and who you are, and where you're from, right?" So that's kind of like the practice that I'm in now, and it sucks because I guess like the one challenge that I'm facing is like the the um, choosing between like how much of trauma do we show and how do we show trauma and how do we make those decisions around how we project it on screen? And I'd rather have those challenges of figuring out ways to maneuver and navigate that than mm-hmm. to not have those stories told at all. So that's right. kind of what I'm going through now with my practice. But yeah, like all that to say, it's all about archiving these moments so that 
the people after me can make something better. Like they right. can make, and, yeah, you know? Yeah, and I think that is something that I, that resonates with me because I too love documentary filmmaking, yep. you know what I'm saying? And I love documentaries and study journalism as well. Like yeah. it's so yeah. many like similarities yeah. that we have, that I can identify with your practice yeah. um, and with your story, your storytelling. And I think it's important that those are just skills that we keep as, people you know what yeah. i'm saying and i think that is like really the 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 thread like the true like essence of art you know what yeah. i'm saying and, like the importance of black art and like it is very tangible mm. because even when you teach your class right like you're going to be teaching these students like skills that they can remember like oh yeah like i can record myself and i can like keep a track of like my life you know what i'm saying right. i can be honest and i can be vulnerable and it's like people are going to resonate with that and that's going to like inspire yeah. somebody else and i think that's something that i just really realized through hearing you speak and like through this conversation it's like yeah. wow like art is really powerful and it's like it's, so it's like really tangible it's because it's we, we've been taught like through yeah. like institutions and then lack of like just being really introduced to artists and like hear artists yeah. speak that like art is like something foreign, it's something white, it's something elite, it's something like so far away, you know? And I yeah. think the beauty of your storytelling is that it's like, it's in Thank your you. home, it's in your backyard, it's, it's in I'm you. I'm telling you, it's literally in you. And I think what I'm learning the most is that art is the process of defining and redefining at every point in time. Like, there's no rules to this shit, to be quite honest. like. The people that made the rules don't look like us. Um, and the rules are based on white supremacy. So like, there are no rules and art is nourishment. It is all of these things. And like, it is the process of defining and redefining for yourself. Like, and if people resonate with that, beautiful. But like, if you aren't making art to define something or redefine something or to relearn something about something that you went through um, or that you're trying to discover or figure out, then you know, obviously we have art now where art uh, can be seen as a form of capitalism. It can gain capital, it can gain all these things. But I really do think about it often. Like, what if I had access to a camera at 12 or 13? Like, who knows what type? That's why I'm super excited to work with these kids because it's just like, I want to know what their definition of cinema is. I don't want to know what, what, you know, these older white people who have defined this genre I, like, I already know those people. I want to know what these Black kids, what they think cinema is at the age of 13. Right. Is there different? Because I, I promise you, they have a new interpretation. They have a new definition. They have a new concept. And I want them to build on those concepts because I'm discovering what my concept and my relationship and my definition of cinema is at 24. Right. If they did that at 14, oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> They'll be killer. And, and if they, and they realize that they don't need all the glitz and glamour they don't need the polish they don't need all of those things and like it's really crazy it, and for so long we've been um we've, we've always been artists innately right but for right. so long these institutions in these places that we go to tell us that oh it, it shouldn't be like this or it should be like this or this is the way you should do it and i'm always just like why to who to whose standard am i doing that for so it is super cool to kind of like be back and use like literally use your home and your background as a canvas like it, it's there for your use and for so long people be 
people leave and search for something else to fulfill them. And like I said, home can be triggering for a lot of people. So it really does depend. Like every situation is different. Um, but I promise you a lot of that, a lot of that healing that you're looking for is at home. <laughs> you have you have to deal with those parts in all like in every capacity. And it's crazy. Yes. <sighs> Wow, like it's like gospel, you know what I'm saying? Like I wanna mm. kinda like as a like showrunner, <laughs> you know, the podcast I was like, you know, I'm like yeah. trying to, you know, keep a flow, but also like just being really like on like involved yeah. in the conversation, you know what I'm saying? And like just wanna like take it all the way around. <laughs> it it's it can go everywhere, child. Right. It, it's crazy. Because a lot of what you were saying, I think it's so important for like just young people, you know what I'm saying? Like in our twenties, you know, like we're just trying to figure it all out. And it and it can look like doing documentaries, it can look like journaling, it can look like yoga, right. Right. you know what I'm saying? It can look like meditation, challenge, and also like just having the courage to just like to do it. You, you know, know what, what I read? Saying? You know what I read the other day that is kind of speaking to this moment is like in our 20s, right, especially our generation, we have such an expectation to find that thing that defines us, to find that art form, to find that expression, right, that defines us, that we that we work at, that is our kind of ticket to whatever we're searching for, whether they be happiness, success, capital, whatever, we're looking for that one thing. And I read something, um, I read something last week that was basically like, nothing is original, like nothing is original, like no matter if you think that you're making the most original thing, it came from somewhere. And if we are just open to trying any and everything, like why are we only, and for specifically black people, don't only limit yourself to one form of storytelling. Like I love documentaries right now, but I would love to do cartoons. I would love to do animation. I would love to do all those different things. Um, but literally take it one, one hobby at a time, one art form at a time, one expression at a time, because honestly, <laughs> everything you're saying has already been said before to be quite honest um but new ears are here for to listen to you now like you got you have new ears to talk to you you have new people to express this to so i don't know i feel like a lot of the time in our 20s we're so focused on originality where it's just like why don't we focus on researching finding somebody who said exactly what we said and figuring out how we can improve or elevate that thought right. elevate that concept elevate that interpretation in the way that we see fit for some people it may be music right. you know how many love songs there are right you know what i mean like you know how many songs about heartbreak there are but right. the ones that hit the most try a different melody they try mm -hmm. a different uh, accord they try right. a different way of you know what i mean like mm -hmm. it, it's all about elevating that thing and i think so right. so long and for so often we're so interested in like Oh, it has to be original. That we're gonna mm -hmm. we're gonna we're gonna drive ourselves down with nothing at that point if we don't look at what we already have and right. what was already made. Like mm -hmm. I'm telling you, we got it's 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 there's so many syllabi and so many guides out there that we just have to take the time to do as much research as possible to be right. It's kind of like it's kind of like the the quote, you know, nobody is you, and that is your superpower. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that is really it. And when I was, you know, doing my research on you, <laughs> I love what you said because the, the journalism school at Wisconsin had um, 
interviewed you to like do yeah. a follow-up you know just you know yeah interview story and i loved how you told your advice was nobody's journey is the same because like you are literally like your degree is in journalism you know what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> you are a documentary filmmaker you know what i'm right. saying an award-winning filmmaker and in festivals and doing you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah and also a scholar like you're also a researcher you know what i'm saying you also have all these very different interests but you display them masterfully and like and it's cohesive it is like it is true to you you know what i'm saying and it yeah. all like kind of stems from like the same root yeah you know? It's crazy. It, it is super crazy. I think about it often. You know, I have a lot of my friends are artists and um, it's so beautiful to to feel that I have my own thing. Um, but realizing that my own thing cannot survive without the collaboration of others. And I'm so grateful that my friends deal with my spastic, weird research tandem critique tandems I'm so grateful that I have a community and a tribe that values what I do right you know like not many black boys are in film studies right and um, that's something I want to change not many black boys are speaking about film in in um, critical ways we are but not many take up the degree right, right. and I think um, it's super cool you know yeah and that is, you know, so transformative because that will be so transformative because we consume so much media. You know what I'm saying? We it's consume, our lives. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if we had, if we, you know, were able to really like critically engage media and pop culture and film and music, like the way that we will be able to improve it. You know what I'm saying? Because we're also the consumer, we're also the producer. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And like, yeah. we are missing that, like, the agitator. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Through yeah. criticism, through critique. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, when you think about like New York Times, like things that really do get critiqued, right? And like our or things institutions that are really like known for being like critiqued. Those yeah. they do improve the industry. They do improve. They push the envelope. They, they do improve the, yeah. the art. Right. You know what I'm saying. And it's crazy because, like, I, 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 I'm going to kind of retract on what I said, right? I do think that at this moment, Black folk are as engaged with what they're consuming as possible, right? I think the amount of commentary and criticism we have on something currently is so dope. There are so many viewpoints. There are so many opinions. There are so many thoughts. Um, and we're doing that with our own shit. Like we'll look at something that somebody that looks like us made and critique it to say, you know, this, you know, I went to, I went to uh, speak at, uh, I went to speak to some, some young kids in the city and this young, this young black boy was just like, I didn't fuck with your film. I'm like, hey, that's fine. Like that's fair. But there was a respect and a revere that we had for one another to where he said, I'm gonna make something better, period. Do that, like, let, let, like let's keep it going, you know? Um, all that to say that like it, it is it is a, a beautiful time to be black and to create something and to get feedback and to get criticism on that thing because people are becoming more aware of the single stories that have always made the screen, right? Um, and it doesn't take for people to get a degree to be able to do that. I think what I'm saying is for artists, people who, you know, and some of these people are just people who don't wanna, they don't wanna make films. 
right? They they just they they have their job. They just enjoy consuming film. I'm saying for like the filmmakers and the artists, right? We have to be able to be open and take the time to really dive into what the history of this this industry is, like the ugly, the good, if there is good. <laughs> like even with documentary, I have troubles with a lot of time because the first thing I think about documentary is just like this shit is invasive like how can I make this less invasive right you know what I mean like how can I make this less invasive how can I make this less uh about exploiting Mm -hmm. my about celebrating and, and and expressing who these people were right you think about the field of anthropology and how white people have created this excuse to exploit people and be like oh we're just studying them no you're exploiting them for your own research gain and then documentary came from that and like Mm -hmm. so it's it's a constant I love documentary but I'm in a constant argument with it damn about to box because I'm just like (laughs) stop exploiting my you know stop exploiting my people but is it exploitation if I do it right like all these kind of conversations I don't ever want to follow an artist or a leader who ain't questioning everything that they're doing like and I think right now there are a lot of people who are just making shit and not questioning anything that they're doing. Every single decision that you make as an artist, you need to damn near be boxing yourself at night. Like, you better be up at night. Like, oh my gosh, that thing, I hope I do it right. And of course, you're not going to get it right all the time. Like, that that's the point of critique. That's the point of feedback. And that's the point of learning. But I cannot follow nobody that is not questioning every single thing that they do. Leader or artist. Like, as a leader, especially if you're in the community, every word that you say you better be careful like to be quite honest right. that's why I, I want to dive into that a little bit as an artist yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah because it's you because i as soon as you started to speak like when you got on that track i was like i remember yeah. this um professor i had professor dm at um it's white man and we were talking about religion mm. and then in the class it was a really like you know tension you know, the type of conversation. Yeah, yeah. And so we was walking, like, after class, I wanted to still talk to him about it. And he was like, you know what, like, I have, like, friends who are priests, and they have to question, they question religion every day. They say, like, if I'm not questioning every day, I can't get up and, like, go on the pulpit. I can't, like, I have to be questioning it every single day. And I didn't understand that at the time. Honestly, mm, I'm like, why yeah. would you... You know, you get, you understand, I mean, I guess if you answer the question once, right? Like, you're like, I believe Jesus is real because, you know, I don't know why, but you just, because because the Bible, (laughs) so, you know, and, but I guess that's not good enough, right? Because it, that's, that that answer is not good enough, honestly, like, even like me giving that as an example, I'm like, Mm -hmm. not good enough because you are like leading and influencing and even if you're an individual, but even as an artist, period, you're always influencing people. You're influencing yourself. Even if, yeah. Even if no one watches, like, yeah. Like, I'm it's sorry, such a response. It's, no, you're fine. It, it's fine because I think that's a great example, right? Taking that example, if a preacher is um, saying, oh, yes, Jesus is real based on the Bible, right? That is his claim. As a preacher and as someone who has taken the responsibility to, to, to preach the word of God, you have to look at the context of the Bible. What does that mean for Black people? What does that mean for other communities? What has, how has this thing been used, this book been used as a tool 
to either enslave or capital, you know what I mean? Like look at the nuances of everything that you're doing, right? Because that claim that you have could be very much true, right? I believe that Jesus is real. Like I, I believe in the word of God. Like, but I also have to look at the nuances of how this book has transformed how we navigate life, period, right? And similar to us as artists, we have such a huge responsibility. I think about it a lot. Like I thank God and my family that they allow me to play pretend with a camera. I'm grateful for that. <laughs> like I'm grateful that I get to just walk around with a camera and, and tell stories and that that is what I get to do. But because of that, that is a privilege. But then because of that, I, it is a responsibility to be sure that I am showcasing and showing and representing as many people from my community as possible. And yes, and the funny thing is, because a lot of time people are just like, well, the artist for me, little do you know, we're all interconnected. Like we all are connected to one another. So like, although you may think that your, your story is very personal to you, it has universal appeal to others. And you have to, again, and like, I understand because people always talk about also how they feel that film and, and media is becoming too PC or too quote unquote woke. And I'm just like, no, you just have to make better stuff. You just have to make stuff that challenges other things. And I think we, for too often, we were so used to telling the same type of stories that um, now I love the fact that the stories that are coming out are being heavily critiqued. Let's have a conversation about what this film is. Like, let's have a conversation about what it's doing. And if we're not having that conversation, we're not doing our jobs as artists because then we're making stuff for these people to consume and whatever ideas or thoughts that we're putting in there, obviously are subjective to ourselves, but we need to be able to make something where people can look at it and be like, I vibe with this or I don't vibe with this. Right. Instead of being like, oh, I like this thing because how pretty it is. Mm -hmm. No, I like it because it's pretty, but it's also saying something that I, that I wanna have a conversation with when I get home. When I get home, I need to, when I'm going to my refrigerator, I'm about to grab some food, I need to be at that refrigerator like, wait, at that 30 minute mark, this thing happened. That made me feel like this. Like, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a constant conversation that needs to be happening all the time that one, people need to be ready for that conversation at all points in time. But as an artist, you really do need to sit down and question everything that you do because what, what you do is a privilege. To be quite honest, a lot of people are not, I know so many of my, my homies and my friends who are creatively brilliant, but because of capitalism and white supremacy, they have to subject themselves to nine to fives to survive. And they don't get time to be creative, although they're creatively brilliant. Like if they had the time, the game would be different. You know what I mean? I'm just like, yeah, I have so, that opportunity. Right, that yeah. is, really profound you know what i'm saying and that is something that is really like transformative to think about as like an artist and to have the privilege to have an audience that wants to consume your stuff and you know or have people who allow you to just to have the space whether it's like yeah. the audience or just like to have the ability to be able to <laughs> do it you know what i'm saying is a privilege and, right and you are not you're really being irresponsible and it's kind of like <laughs> you're pretending that like oh no like what i'm doing has no influence well you know it does but you are choosing to like not step into it because yeah it's easier you know what i'm saying yeah. or it's more profitable in capitalism or 
you know, it's something that is the way that it's always been, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so that's very, like, amazing. And I think it just, it reaches far, far beyond of just being, like, an artist, but, like, being a human being that is, like, engaged and willing to change, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, you can't change if you're not questioning things because you have to be able to justify things and, like, also accept things. Like, okay, that was when this was a thing that I did then. <laughs> like, yeah. Jesus, like, was an important story at that time. And, like, but I understand, like, the Bible was used as this tool to the Right. Uh, and like if you can reconcile that and make sense of it, you still have like the choice to like believe because we all have to be like engaged, you know? Yes, yes. Willfully engaged. You gotta be you just gotta be beyond rationality at some point. You gotta just be down to just like truly just dive into everything about it. And like I'm not saying that like I am like a research guru. There's still so much that I have to learn. Like, there's still so much that I need to know about filmmaking. Um, but I would never, like, wake up and just have the bravado or the, um, the arrogance to take this shit for granted. Like, you cannot. Because guess what? It will humble you real quick, too. If you got it, if you got that arrogance, it will humble you. And in the best ways possible, it will humble you for the better as an artist. I've had a lot of humbling moments. I'm not going to say, like, I just came out as an artist, like, oh yeah, I'm so deeply thought, I'm so deeply into film. No, it, it humbled me by me having to do 25 page papers and me getting critiqued in those film classes and me having to sit through a professor red marking everything on my paper. On right. my paper. You know what I mean? It took, yeah. it, took, it took that humbling. And I'm like, all right, bet, you humbled me, Let, let's find some more humbling. Let's find some more moments and more areas where I can come down to the base and be like, why do I do what I do? That needs, to, that needs to be a constant question. Okay, let's talk about that, right? Because that takes yeah. a lot of, like, just courage, right? To, like, go to the depths of, like, of just breaking down yourself and not being, yeah. you know, good. <laughs> Willing to, yeah. like, and not hit, you know what I'm saying? But, and how do you, so how do you control your fear? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Of, like, not being good enough, of self-doubt, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then... How do you control that and still, like, do? It's hard. It really is hard. Like, even with the film that I'm working on now, I have a lot of insecurity about it. Um, but everything is there. All the pieces are there. All the puzzle pieces are there. It's more so inner, right? So the thing is, like, the way that you deal with it <laughs> is honestly take it day by day. Like, and you just can't stop. You just can't quit, right? You can't allow those insecurities or that imposter syndrome to, um, I don't want to use it, I want to use a different word, but you don't want it to disable you. You don't want it to um, stop you from continuing to move on the goals that you set for yourself. It's not easy, right? Um, it's definitely not easy, but you got to have that discipline to be like, you know what? Obviously, I'm having these doubts and fears because I really care about this thing and I want it to be right. And I think that within itself, if you flip it in that way, like I'm scared because I want this thing really bad, right? If you flip it to that connotation, then it becomes less about the fear and more about how much you care about that shit. And I think that's a testament to be like, I'm scared because I care about it, right? And if, if, and if your fear or doubts are centered around 
the perception from others, no. Like, then that's when you cut it off. And that's when you realize and you ask yourself, I'm scared because I'm scared what people may think. Mm-mm. You gotta you gotta cut that out. And it's hard to do that. I do that often. Um, but you gotta bring it back to like, I'm doing this thing because this thing is bigger than me and I have something that I have to say. And the people that I'm following, they have something to say that is bigger than me. And that is that should be the focus. So if I am scared, I'm scared because I want to make sure I do them right. As opposed to I'm scared to like, I hope this makes my career. No, like that, that, that can't be the focus. So I think that's very subjective to kind of what I'm going through as a filmmaker, but just in life, like you just can't, you just can't stop, honestly. Take breaks and take breaks often, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's literally a marathon, like Nipsey literally says it best. It's literally a marathon. You're not in like, and that's the thing too, like, you're in your own lane for a reason, and I swear to God, ain't no traffic in there. So take all the time that you need. You can go 30 miles. You said, I swear, I'm sorry, hold on. <laughs> you said you're in your I, own lane, and I swear to God, there ain't no traffic. Ain't no traffic in it. Like, you are so right. Like, that is such a, like, a gem, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, like, really, because... Listen, oh, and I was about to, you was about to say, you take 30 months, you know what I'm saying? You can take all the time you need, like, there's no one, you're not in a race or in a, or in a competition with anyone but yourself, and I, again, I have to remind myself of that every day, like, mm-hmm. and earlier when we were talking about everybody's journey being different, I have to tell myself that, yes, I would love to make something like Barry Jenkins, but Barry Jenkins is Barry Jenkins for a reason, and I'm Marquise Mays because I'm Marquise Mays for a reason. I can't be Barry and I shouldn't want to be Barry, right? I should I should be inspired by Barry mm-hmm. and Barry should influence me, but I should never want to be somebody else but myself. And mm-hmm. that's a hard truth because then we have to go back and really reflect about how many times we have wanted to be somebody else and be, be vulnerable and honest about it. There were times in the past I definitely wanted to be someone else. And I had to, I had to face that ugly truth of being like, I'm not them, I'm myself. And myself brings so much to this world, to the people around me, and that's enough. And let's 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 grind this shit out. Let's make what I said I was gonna make. Yes. And too often, social media influences everything. Everybody got you know. And that's the thing. Like I love, of course, my page is definitely curated for mm-hmm. a specific reason. Like I want people to see, like when they see me, I want them to see my work, and that's it. And then the people that I, I do like my friends and stuff they get to that's why i say i thank them for dealing with <laughs> the unfavorable parts of myself as wow. well because i don't deserve to project that to anyone else either but you know like it, it it's it's a journey it, it literally right. is a marathon and it takes so much time and i wish people knew that like my dad reminds me all the time he's just like yeah to think about it you know from the outside looking in he's like you've been working since you were 14 for all of this and i'm like what really you know he's like yeah like i was doing shit at 14 that I, I could have been, you know, I could have been playing around. I could have been joking around with, with friends and stuff like that. But I was in summer programs on purpose, mm-hmm. like, because I wanted to be. And I yes, eh? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, because, because, yeah, because you wanted to, you know what I'm saying? And you, yeah. and it, you know what? Because I feel like that is, goes back to what we talked about earlier, right? Like that past life and looking back yeah. at who you were then, you know what I'm saying? Because those, that's the compass of like the proud stuff, you know what I'm saying? That's the compass right. to get you through the the present of like where you are because of something that maybe 
just a testament to like us always knowing who we were like us going through those different phases we needed to but I think honestly my biggest goal is like again when you think of our responsibility as an artist and stuff like that honestly a lot of my homies got nine to fives a lot of my people got nine to fives and my goal is and like I said they're creative my goal is if I have this responsibility to make films I'm trying to make sure that like I make some shit that like gets my niggas to quit their nine to five and they can do this full time. Like, because they want to do this full time. They, they're yearning to do, to do this full time. So our goals as artists should be, okay, what doors are we opening? You know, yes, we're putting stuff on screen, but what doors are we opening for the people that we live with, that we kick it with, that we break bread with, that we're around? Like, I want all, and it's, it's so funny because I tell them that often. I'm like, I can't wait for you to quit your job because <laughs> I want you to, I want to be able to provide something for that person so that they can gain the resources so that they gain the resources with me and then they go off and they do their own thing and make it 10 times better than what I do, right? So it it's a lot, it's a lot of like, it's a lot of uh, selflessness in, in the field, in the industry, if you really want it, but yeah. it's, yeah. Yeah. What's your lifetime number, Rose? I am. <laughs> I'm a lifetime. I'm a lifetime number seven. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Real, real deep, critical. It's so funny because I read and I said this would be me. I just, I. Uh, I, I, I felt that too. I felt that too. I was like, it would be me. Okay, but like, yeah. I kind of have to like. It, it, doesn't it feel comforting to you at the same time? But it's also like, yeah. oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It, I see, I see both the favorable and unfavorable, like, <laughs> benefits uh, of being a lifetime seven. Like, I'm grateful for it. I tend to overthink, but I'm glad that I do at the same time. You know, like, it, it, it comes with, it comes with its pros and cons, but mm. I, when I read it, I said, oh, yeah. And then on top of that, I'm a Gemini, so that only, mm. for, that only makes for more of a chaotic, like, <laughs> like, when, I, when I overthink, I overthink. Like, and it's hey, like, right, right. I'm a Virgo, so we share Mercury. We have the same yeah. planet. So, you yeah. know, it's like, so that, you know what? That's crazy because, like, when you were speaking, as far as like, it's just certain things that people need to hear. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like the marathon thing. It's like, yo, and like, you really broke it down as far as like the importance of being an artist and like the artist journey. You know what I'm saying? And I think. Yeah. I resonate a lot with your story because it's very similar to mine. Yeah. And so to see you be able to navigate, you know what I'm saying, your art practice with the world <laughs> and still like understand like you're still going to be taken care of because hey, you know what I'm saying, because of the universe. That's like what yeah. you said earlier, like going to LA, you know what I'm saying, all of these things lining up, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I think it just really resonates with me. So I just like 
just want to tell you that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It, it's scary. Like, and I think I say it's ancestral too. Like, it, it is really crazy. Because um, when COVID happened, my dad was the one to call me and be like, bring your ass home, right? Like, and I didn't question him. I didn't question God. I didn't question what was happening. I was just like, all right, I got, I got to go home. Like, that's, that's what I got to do. And since being back, how things have just been, like, I really do say this path that I'm taking feels like an anomaly because things are back to back just popping up in my life. Um, good, bad, and ugly that have all transformed my art within the past year to where now I'm on a path where I'm just like, yo, I'm on this road. Whatever road I'm on, I know God got the map. So I'ma just keep it pushing. He he gonna he the GPS, he gonna tell me where to go. Cause to see how things have just been falling into place, it's just like that's how you know you are where you're supposed to be when things are just happening. And it's like it, it's it's super crazy. And I'm grateful for that. Like and I was just like, okay, now that it is happening for me, that that only bigs up the responsibility I have as an artist to make something that continues to push us, uh and to push me as an artist. So it's all about the challenge too. I, I'm I'm super excited to just keep moving, you know. Yeah. Can you talk about the ugly real quick? Because yeah, yeah. You know, you have a curated feed. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> yeah. But the ugly. I just want because you mentioned it. You said the good, bad, and the ugly. And I just wanted to just, if you don't mind, sharing a little bit about that ugly. Just for people yeah. who only see the good. You know what I'm saying? And be only like, see oh, the good. Yeah. It's easy. Marquise to say that because he went to graduate school, you know what I'm saying? He can go yeah. back to his parents. He don't have to work a nine to five, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's right. easy for him to say. Can you talk a little right. bit about yeah, the ugly, it, it, it's, it can be a lot of different things. Like, the ugly could be inner, but it also could be just as much as outer. Like, and, you know, for the past year that I've been out of USC, that I left LA, like, I've, I've searched for a job, rejected every single time i have the resume i have the charisma i have i know i have all those things um i do think <laughs> my name being marquise popping in the resume makes a lot of people like hmm but um the ugly is when i get rejections and i get a lot of rejections blind spot my my first film got a lot of rejections from festivals and that was my first time going and i was just happy that we got the six that we got i was like oh this is dope right um a lot of the ugly comes with me having to sit with myself and, and wonder, you know, I, I think a lot about what I say to people and how I say it and how I come off. I spend a lot of time like beating myself up about how I say things or how I move and how I navigate. I feel, I always feel responsible. Like one thing about being an artist, yeah, you have a responsibility for your art, but as a person, I always feel responsible for my people as much as possible. So. I, th I think about like my presence at, at movements or stuff like that. Like, am I there? Am I speaking too much? Am I not speaking enough? Like, and, and those, those can send me to really kind of dark places at times. And like, I, I think naturally I can be an extrovert when need to, but when I'm an introvert, I'm an introvert. And I can be at the crib just like, there are days I don't feel like making films at all, or I think that it's useless. And, and even when I was coming back, I was broke as hell, you know what I mean? Like that, and even having to come back home and like, yes, I was able to move back with my parents, but it's not like we got it like that, you know what I mean? Like my mom is the only one that like works full time. 
um, my dad and my grandmother who live with us is disabled. They're both disabled, so they can't work. And dealing with the with that with the idea of like, yo, I I'm about to just get like a little Barnes and Noble job or something to help pay to to think that my little my little money will go make <laughs> the mortgage go down or something, you know. But I think that so those are the ugly moments. But I am super grateful for a community that 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 takes me out of those moments. That reminds me that we're here to support not only you but the vision and the dream that um that you were promised right and i'm grateful for that because like the ugly does come like uh with rejections and like all those moments and then even like i said i think the ugly also comes with like um friendships changing relationships changing like having to relearn your parents having to relearn your family members and, and realizing that things are different and the guilt of somebody like me I left for six years and I come back and the the naive not like me being naive to things that are happening and I'm just like damn like you know when I first came back to Milwaukee I felt like I wasn't going to make films because I'm just like well there are already other filmmakers here in the city that have 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 who have their hands on the ground already that are already doing grassroots uh, amazing work that I don't want to step on their toes um so it was it was an arrogance of me thinking that my big degree whatever um was a hindrance to the community you know it's it's a lot of it's, it, so a lot of my ugly is a lot of self-inflicted ugly but again i'm grateful um to have a community and a situation currently where i'm living in that um that ugly is only imparted by myself and not imparted by other people and i think it's important for us to realize when someone is projecting that to you and to get around people who don't project that shit at all you know um because there are a lot of people you can you could be dealing with you could be battling your inner so much that every time you get around a group of friends or a group of people that you thought were your friends and they're projecting ugly shit to you that only adds to the ugly so i'm grateful that the community my friends and my family that i have they don't add to that ugly they like they don't honestly they don't even really know what that ugly looks like because anytime i see them they're bringing that they're bringing the good and, and, and the energy out of me so it's all about who you kick it with as well um and that's when I realized when I came back, I was just like, oh, my people, my people is my people for a reason. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 this is not by coincidence. This is not by happen chance, you know, that I had class with this person and not with best friends. That I met, that I met this group of, uh, of people when I was 14. Like, that's not by happen chance. It was for a reason. So the ugly is, is a lot of things and it can be different for different people. But um, yeah, that, that's pretty much what it is. It's not all clean and, and clear, but at the same time, Another thing is like it's so important to find your tribe because I think I think you know on my Instagram I definitely obviously I curate what I want people to see but that's because I'm dealing with my ugly with with the community I'm dealing with my ugly with people that I love and that can that can take me out of those moments that can take me out of that feeling of, of insecurity and doubt um, I'm not relying on social media to do that and I would I would never use that as a tool to do that because social media can be just as ugly and uh, and I, yeah it, it, it's it's a hard balance because I do want people to know that I do have those moments but also um is it their business to know um, if I'm dealing with it in healthy ways you know what I mean right and you are also you know open with it when asked you know what I'm saying yeah and I yeah think yeah you like, me about it <laughs> right you know what I'm saying and I think that's really yeah. like remarkable you know yeah. because that is true. Like we all have our different ways. Some people's art is the way that they heal, you know, and yep. they get that inner stuff. You know yep. what I'm saying? 
yeah. was within their community, you know? And so it all ebbs and flows, but you do have to deal with it and also recognize that is it internal or is it external or is it both? You know Where's what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you can change all three. <laughs> all three. All three is in your control. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that is really the essence of what you just said. It's like, yeah. if it's internal, you can figure that out. You can get through it and you can learn that like it's going to come up because again, it's fear and you can flip it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm feeling yeah. this way because this is about to pop this off and be the, the best thing that I've ever created for myself. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And that's why it's coming up because yourself knows. Because if you actually, you don't, you, unless people project their fears upon you, you can't really yeah. think of other people's fears. You know right. what I'm saying? No. You know what I'm saying? That game is ain't no winner in that game. Exactly. And so you can change the way that you are thinking about your thing if it's internal. If it's external, yeah. you can also change the, the tribe that you're around, the people that you're yeah. around. You know? And if it's both, again, you can cancel yeah. them out. So uh, that was just really beautiful for to hear, you know, and thank you for sharing the ugly and like really breaking it yeah. down to as simple as like I was in search of a job, you know what I'm saying. So you may be yeah. thinking that like I yeah. am living the life. <laughs> yeah, I had yeah. to. Deal. It took me actually being rejected to go even further into my art and really trust that this is like at the yeah. end, like God showed up. Like, no, you don't need that, right? You don't need that. Stop playing with me. I told you what right. to do, and that's not it. Like, <laughs> legit. Yes, it's in those moments too. I think that. That's the point of the ugly to there's a lesson in there somewhere that if you are so stubborn because you want everything to be good, you want everything to work, if you're so stubborn and not allowing that ugly to rear, rear its surface, to come up to the surface and to look at it in its face, there, there's no possibility for change. And I, and I, think, I think it does come down to habits too. We all have ugly habits. It's recognizing those habits, saying those habits out loud, and being like, I bet I'm either going to create a new relationship with this habit, I'm going to cut this habit out altogether, or um, or I'm going to continue to fall down the habit and still do the thing that is causing me all of this either grief, and grief can be defined in many different ways, you know, like, it's crazy when you sit, but you do have to take that time and, and you know, Go to therapy, please. You know, um, yo, I'm about to turn that's that's a meme that is gonna be like your thing. Go to therapy. Wait, can you say it again? I think you were scratching your eyebrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. Let me stop that. You got it. You got it. Go, go to therapy. Like, please. You said go like, to therapy, you know? please. Go to therapy. Okay, got you. <laughs> go to therapy, please. Like, if, if there's anything you can do for yourself, it's, it's to go to therapy, and you know. I, again, I'm grateful that I have people who are my unlicensed therapists, that I have a community that is my unlicensed therapist. I have art that is my unlicensed therapist, but please go to a licensed one. Like go go to one who is who is who has a degree in in, in talking to people. But um yeah, it's 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 all it's all a journey and you really just have to take it day by day. That's when people when people ask me like, Well, how have you been? What have you been doing? I've been chilling. I've been in this bed behind me. I've just been relaxing. I've, I've been, I've been, you know, uh, being very safe and, and, and kicking it and seeing, seeing people that I haven't seen, babysitting my cousins, like, 
doing all those things that I didn't, if I was in LA, I would not be doing. I would be working. I would be, I would be working 24 seven trying to survive. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that in a moment, like a, like a global pandemic where the least the government can do for us all is allow us to just survive that I'm grateful that that is my current reality. But because it is my current reality, what am I doing to make sure that it can be a reality for other people? Um, so that that's kind of, and the thing is, filmmaking is so pretentious. Like, yeah, but please, hold on. <laughs> you just have to just let that just sit, okay? Okay. Because okay. <laughs> you have been saying a lot of amazing things. And I really appreciate your time, your, your vulnerability. You have no really just been laying it out. Like, I feel like this conversation has been just so very rewarding for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I like, I love this conversation. Like, it's so, like, I'm yeah, a different artist. Like, I feel yeah. like I'm leaving this conversation like, Doing a whole like new different perspective, you know what I'm saying? And a whole yeah. appreciation for like who I am, like who, yeah, thank you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. thank you for like you know giving that to me, like this, yeah. thank you, thank you. I love, I love, wow. yeah, I love conversations like this too because like everything I'm saying, I'm talking to myself as well. Like, it no one is at the point of mastery with what they do, like. And again, like, we just got to always be ready to, when we're talking to other people, be talking to yourself. Like, what is it that you have, that you've been meaning to say to yourself that this conversation is allowing you to say to yourself um, that you wouldn't, you wouldn't do, (laughs) you know what I mean? So I'm appreciative for you holding the space and doing a podcast centered around this, this decade of time that we're all kind of going through in our 20s and what that means, because I, I don't think people are having real and honest conversations about it. We have a lot of representation about what it looks like to be in your 30s or what it looked like to be in your late teens, but nothing that focuses on like the 20s, right? And, and all, and the shit show that it is, to be quite honest. So I'm grateful for you holding this space for sure. Thank you. Like, you're actually like the second guest to tell me that. And I really appreciate that because I really did not even think about that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so like, yeah. I was just like, I'm curious. I love people's stories. And like, I think yeah. their 20s is, you know, it's hard. <laughs> but it's so like beautiful. And it's so yeah, it's hard. remarkable. And it's like, and we're all doing like dope shit. And like, like you said about like your friends and wanting to put them on, like, I swear to you, I promise. Ever since I was a kid, that has always been my MO. And like the way that God and the universe has yeah. told me that when you do that, like, like I want you to do that. And like, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, you know what exactly. I'm saying? Exactly. I'm like, yo, like my little girl stuff, Alexis is so happy because like, yes, I want to, and my friends are doing dope stuff. Like I know dope people, like yeah. get them on the show. <laughs> Wait, let's talk, let's talk let's about talk. it. Let's talk, yes, let's yeah. talk. And, and it feels so like refreshing because you realize you're not alone. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You are not alone in this journey. Like we're all filled, we're all filled in, in different ways, and like, and then sh- and then sharing, we can show we can show like this is the path, like this is the way, yeah. Cut, like like your grandmother. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Back to blind spot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, this is the way. Right, and it and it's only and I'll leave it at this. Right, we all have gifts. We all have things or ways to express ourselves it is like our job to like always show how we express ourselves to others as an option 
for how to get through this thing that we call life, right? If people can be so stingy with their art and so stingy with their expression um, because they think it's so much of a personal journey, and it is, but we have to be willing to share what we do and how we do it so that people after us can be like, that was an option for them. And that was, that was an option that was clear for them. Can I try that thing? And is that an option for me, right? And, and could that be a thing? Because if we don't have podcasts, if we don't have films, if we don't have exhibits, if we don't have those things, um, how will the people like under us know how to express themselves and know that they can express themselves in these ways? So I, I, again, I think about the fact that what if my grandmother knew how to, you know, write poems or have that type of expression for herself the stories that she could have told as uh you know a black woman who went blind who's from mississippi right that story alone i'm like okay well now it's my responsibility to tell the story because i have an outlet and i have an option for expression so yeah it's all about realizing what that option is and finding the people to share it with Oh, yes. Before you go, though, these are like some yeah. little icebreakers, but we're going to call them like the simmer downs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the simmer downs. We're going to close up the show. Okay. Can you describe your 20s in three words? Oh, um, <laughs> um chaotic one. Um, um, because I'm only four years in this thing. Hold on. Um, I would say chaotic. I would say uh, reflective, super reflective. Um, daring. I would say daring would be a, would be a third one. Yeah. I like those. I like those. Yeah. Okay. What has been your most embarrassing moment so far? In my twenties. Yes. <laughs> I'm really trying to think because I haven't been around people like that in a year so I'm trying to think about the last embarrassing moment right. with others you know <laughs> I don't know. or it could be an embarrassing moment with yourself you're like okay this is I'm a little embarrassed that I did this <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm really trying to think you it, know what it has been a long time since you've been around people that's you know, it's been it's been a long time I think I think I do have an embarrassing moment but I don't think it was a I think it was just embarrassing to me and not nobody else. Like, okay. I think, I don't know why I did this, but like uh, the first day of film school orientation, I was, you know, I was feeling really good about being in LA. And I, I have to admit that my first, my first year in LA, I just didn't have a sense of style. And um, the first day of orientation, I wore like this, and this is probably not embarrassing to other people, but like to me, it was like I had these busted Chelsea boots that I wore all the time because I was a Kappa. I am a Kappa, and we wore a lot. We wear Chelsea boots a lot more back than we did. So I wore these busted Chelsea boots with like these like light wash, like distressed jeans and a white shirt tucked in. It was really a, a bad outfit, and I wore it, and I thought that I thought that I was the shit. I really did, and I think reflecting back on that I should have really just went simple I should have kept it simple you know so that that's pretty embarrassing I would say <laughs> I understand like I think my my makeup choice when I was a freshman mm. in college is very embarrassing I think I 
really could have, I thought I was a chick, and nobody could tell me anything about my Yeah, you know, so, yeah. I think that's pretty embarrassing, like, <laughs> so I, just, I understand what you mean, like, when you look back at, like, some of your decisions, yeah. you're like, especially when you think you're the shit, like. <laughs> I got one. I had, like, when I was growing my locks out, I had, like, for my birthday, I had, like, these twists, and they were just so short, and it was so bad, and I had, like, a bang. It was it was bad. I I, I shouldn't have did like and I thought it was nice and I like I got in touch with it obviously for my birthday. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. I was looking at the videos that people were posting. <laughs> I'm just like I look a mess and nobody said nothing and I, I really feel some type of way. So yeah, I'm really cautious yeah. about my locks now. <laughs> I feel you, I feel you. I'm also like yeah. pretty I think too, like just with my fashion, like I feel like yeah. I am when we go back outside. <laughs> Yeah. I'll be more about just from looking back at like my past life. I definitely feel like I've evolved yeah. in my um, sense of style in the way that I want to represent. And I think yeah. that's something that you learn in your, yeah. you know, as you get older, 20s, like, yeah. you transition from being a teenager and like in like wardrobe and like style, like what that means, like and having like control over that. <laughs> now, how you know? simple it could be, how simple it could all be. Like, okay. oh my gosh, it's crazy. That's something I'm still learning, but that's dope. <laughs> yes. And last one, what has been one of your most memorable moments in Ooh. your 20s so far? I would say my most memorable moment was, uh, to be honest, it was graduating from USC in my living room. It was so lit. Like, oh, I tell me, tell me, tell me. So, Basically, obviously, you know, we couldn't have a graduation for 2020, but um, it was like a random weekday. My mother was at work, like my friends were busy, and I was at home by myself. And I had my cap and gown, I had my stove, like I had like all, I had my, my master's hood, and I had, I had three bottles of champagne. And when I tell you, I got so drunk during that graduation ceremony and I loved every part of it and I was by myself and it was just it's just an act the act of celebration for something that you know you worked so hard for despite the circumstances will always be something memorable for me um I'm so glad that I didn't let COVID define that moment for me and I took that opportunity to be like you know what yes and of course I was sad I wish I could have had a big graduation but um it was definitely me being at the crib and I was dressed up too. I, I dressed up to the shower. My, my hair was done. Uh-huh. My hair was done. I just I felt super good and I, I did that. But I think another memorable moment I have one more is um because my birthday last year, my birthday I dropped the blind spot on my birthday and my grandmother watching it like she's blind so she was listening to it and she's such a crybaby. Um but she she like she cried about it and stuff like that. So I think that was the most memorable was like her hearing herself um on during the movie, but then also like when we went through our festival season, you know, my grandmother never traveled out of the United States. Um and she has no desire to. <laughs> and, um, she basically, you know, when we were getting into like some international festivals, I was just like, girl, you're in Romania. And she's like, I'm where? I don't need no, I don't need no passport because I'm already there. I'm like, yeah, you know, so her, you know, she, she got to be, they played her in a theater in Canada, which was super cool. So like, she's like, I'm in Canada now. So she just, just to see how happy she is about her traveling the world, although she has not physically been there, but her voice and her image is there. 
that's like super super that is just as important and that is just like it just needs so much on like just a metaphysical 5d like you know what i'm saying type of thing it's stamping her yes and like how your art like how art does that you know what i'm saying and like it makes i resonate with that so much as a person who loves documentary you know yeah it's like, so important archiving and like the like journalism like and that is like the root of journalism you know what i'm saying of yeah. storytelling honestly yeah. like archiving these moments and it's so like yeah. important that we continue to do that you know what i'm saying yes. and so thank it's you it's so cute too because she always she's just so cute she's always just like oh where am i at now and i'm like right. oh, okay girl you can get yourself but <laughs> 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 yeah that's awesome. Where can people find your films? I know some of them are on their festival runs. So yeah, yeah. if you want to give that information. Yeah. So basically, y'all can uh, you can follow me at my um, my main page, which is Life Is a Maze. Or if you want to learn about like more what I do outside of film, you can follow my personal page at Keys Maze. So K E Y S E M A Y S. You can find my films on Vimeo. Um, the trailer for The Heartland is out. Like I said, we're going to our festival run. So follow the Heartland film page on Instagram and you'll learn more information about festivals and where you can watch the film and all that good stuff. But Blind Spot is available on my Vimeo, which is the same name, Life is a Maze. So check my stuff out, y'all. Hope y'all mess with it. If you don't mess with it, let me know. We'll have a conversation. <laughs> uh, but if you do mess with it, also let me know because I would love to talk still. So yeah, thank y'all for having me. It was my pleasure. Good luck on them 20 something. Good luck on them 20 something. God bless this one.